Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings, and welcome to another installment of the Just for Freedom of Space. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author, Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Hello, this is Leslie Gist, and we have a wonderful guest um, on today. Uh, If you want to listen to our shows later on as a part of your um, curriculum, you can listen to us at www.blackhistoryuniversity. Gloria, are you on the line? Can you tell us more about who you are? Well, my name is uh, Gloria Victoria Rolando Casamayor. I was born in Havana in 1953. Uh, I studied music and I studied art history of the University of Havana. And since 1976, I have been working in, in the Institute of Film in Cuba and also developing an independent video group that the name is Imacarib, Images of the Caribbean. The main proposal of this video group and the people that work with me is to, to put together histories of Afro-Cubans and African-Americans around the history of the Oblate Sister of Providence is the connection between African-Americans and Afro-Cubans through the education of black girls that take care of this congregation, the Oblate Sister of Providence. But this history starts because in my family album, I found a photo of my mom, Olga America Casamayor Armas, that she was wearing a uniform, and she always said, this is the uniform of the night school of the Oblates in Providence, a night school dedicated to Afro-Cuban girls that uh, they, were not, they were more than a teenager, but they need to learn more. And I attended to that school. In 2014, I went to Baltimore, invited by Morgan State University. And I was in Baltimore, and I asked the people who organized my program, I am in Baltimore, do you know about a congregation? Because my mom, the only that she knew in relation with United States, that they were in Baltimore. Mom never traveled. Mom never knew very much about where uh, the the Oblate Sister of Providence. So the only reference that I have was Baltimore. So the people who organized my program in Morgan State University, they took me to the convent in 2014. 
and since then, since I put my my body, my feel myself in that place, I fall in love with this history because I discover the connection between Afro-Cubans and African-Americans through the education, especially to the black women in Cuba and in the United States. So I have been working very hard without resources. <laughs> I hope that maybe this program will help to get more funding to make the project. In 2017, I was able to spend one month in the convent of the Oblate Sister of Providence. And I found a lot of information, a lot of photos, and I thought the, 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 the clothes that my mom was wearing, that, that uniform is the same uniform that I found in many other photos with girls in Cuba that attended to the night school. So what I am trying to do during all these years is collecting information, old photos, archive material, documents that help me in three chapters to talk about this kind of connection between Afro-Cuban and African-Americans. In, in the first visit that I have in 2014, I found the last Cuban, the last black Cubans that uh, integrate the Oblate Sister of Providence, the congregation. The majority of them die. Oh. They don't exist anymore. But these four voices, five, five voices that I found, helped me to talk the whole history and made an homage to these uh, black women that this is interesting. When a black woman in Cuba, they have the voice of God, they, they feel the desire to become a nun, they could not do this in Cuba. They need to go to Baltimore. That was the only black nun congregation at that moment. So they what? were prepared here, and they, they, it was not possible. It was not possible. It was a problem of race and class. They need to go to Baltimore to be to uh, became in a in a religious person. And of course, when I traveled to Baltimore, I discovered the history of Mother Mary Lyne, that was the founder of the congregation in a. Uh, at the beginning in the 20s of the 19th century. And okay. they, they were, it was the only black uh, nouns congregation in that moment. So Mother Mary Lange is in the process of canonization, uh, beatification, because she was the first one. She was the first one who opened the, the possibility that a black woman, if they feel the desire, they feel the voice of God, they want to be announced. And we are talking about the time that a slavery system was still alive. And even the education for black children, it was impossible. And she had the courage and the commitment to teach and to, to try to elevate the, the education system for those children and to open a black nun's congregation.
So it's a mix of my my mother's history a little bit, but also the history of these women that was uh, very uh, important in the history of the black community in Baltimore, but also for Cuba. For why for Cuba? Because the congregation con uh, started. I don't remember if it was in 1829, 1829. And later they opened different schools in the United States. But in 1900, they came to Cuba and they mm -hmm. started opening schools for black girls. Also, they have the possibility for some uh, children, for some boys. But the majority of the people who attended to the school was uh, they were uh, black girls in Cuba. And that's how in the 40s, I think that my mom, according to her history, uh, um, uh, I think that my mom attended in the 40s. But okay. thanks to that picture and my curiosity when I put my body in Baltimore in 2014, that I am still working in this beautiful project that we talk to you a little more about our connections as black people. I think that is fascinating. Um, is the school still in existence? Does it stand in Cuba? The school, the norms that, for example, the, the, um, the black, uh, the, the Afro-Cuban, the women, they uh, they go to Baltimore, they became announced, they study there, and they return to Cuba to teach. Okay. So, they, see, they were the main teacher, but also they hired another another teacher to, to teach in the school. But they, but they were the, the person who direct the school. So they opened different schools in Havana, in another provinces in Cuba. Okay. And they finished and they finished in nineteen sixty one. Okay, nineteen sixty one. So the mm -hmm. you have a picture, you have a picture of your mother with one of the black the Afro Cuban nuns, right? See okay. uh, one picture of my mom. Right. Now where was that See. picture? Was, was it on the wall in your home, or was it in the chest? How did you see the picture? I I don't remember what picture are you talking about. I'm sorry. Wait, all right. I don't know. You misunderstood. I thought that there was a picture of your mother in um, uh, with a nun at her school. Because you know what happened that uh, in. Uh, I made a film mm -hmm. conversation with my grandmother, and maybe the photo that you uh, that you have with you mm -hmm. is a photo of conversation with my grandmother. That is the oh. film that I made before. It's a film that I made before, and I made an homage to my mom in that film. Maybe oh. it's uh, this photo that that you are talking about. Okay, okay. So I misunderstood. All right, so. Um, but your mom, she did go to school with um, one of the, the nuns from the Oblet Sisters. Yes, no? and she attended. She attended to the. It's interesting because she was not a regular student. 
she attended to the school that the Oblate sister opened for women that even they they were working as a domestic uh, to make clothes, but they didn't have too much education, possibility to be educated, to go to school. And they mm-hmm. opened this night school to help them, you know, to get more more skills, so not then learn more to read or write. So it is the kind of a school that my mom attended. I we belong to a very humble family, so it was a possibly. I don't even I don't know how many years she was there, but right. uh, the time that she was there, it was very important for her. Wow. And and she uh, and she preserved that photo. That photo that I will show in the film is uh, my mother and another three other uh, black uh, Afro-Cubans uh, uh, wearing that kind of uniform. And of course, my mom, she was not a teenager. She was maybe in their 20s. But that's the kind of school that the Oblate sister opened to give possibility to educate more those uh, uh, black women, young black women that didn't have too much education. So, you know, in 2017, that was the most recent visit that I made to the United States. Uh, I was able to get inside the convent, and I was living with the in, with the nuns one month, the whole month of May. I was in Baltimore in the main house of the Oblate Sister of Providence, talk to, talking to them and getting some information. I found photos, documents that will help me to do the work. Unfortunately, I was not able to return. Uh, I, I need to go back to get more, more information. But uh, for the moment, I am going to work with the information that I that I was able to get in that time. But it was an experience very important for me because it was the moment that I understood the importance of Mother Maryland, the founder, the big sacrifice and 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 all the courage that they have to open something for black women related with the Catholic Church in a, during the time that even for a black woman, it was not possible. The name is uh, the San Joseph School. San Joseph School, that was one of the, the second, it was the name of the second school that they opened in, this, in the province of Matanza. This is the chapter that I decided to start and finish as soon as possible. But later, and that's the work that I am doing. If you visit me now and you see my house, you will see the mess of paper and, and notes that I have in all the house because I am working in these two other chapters uh, that will be dedicated to the history of the Oblate sister, but also to the relationship with Baltimore and Cuban society, how they were received in the Cuban society in those days. We are talking about during the pro- Republic uh, that covered 1902 until 1959. What happened? How did they deal with a racist society and class society? 
So the Oblate sisters survived, but they were, uh, they opened the school and they struggled in a society where that racism was present and class system was present. Okay. But, but I don't know how to see, but yeah. Chester can give you the, the details and people can contact me. Asking Gloria at Ikaite, I am going to say in Spanish, Gloria, arroba, I, C, A, I, C, punto, C, U, de Cuba, C, U. Okay. Okay. All right. So I miss. I'm. It's very important that the people. I miss very much my visits. I miss very much the African American community because if I get this point, it's because since 1991 I have been traveling to United States one time, two times, attending to churches, listening conference, getting in touch with your history that is also part of our history. It's only one history. And thanks to all the things that I learned talking to with this family in the United States, that's how I get more conscious consciousness about my history as a black woman. So it's me who want to say thanks to all of you. Don't forget oh. me. I continue okay. working and um, my first visit was thanks to Professor um, uh, Ben Jones. He, he invited me to at Jersey City, Jersey City State College when he was working there. It was uh, the way that I started. I have been in his uh, school. I, I have been at the Pan-African Film Festival with Ayuko Babu with Arturo Lins in, in Atlanta, with Joseph Jordan in the Stone Center in Atlanta, in, in, Atlanta, in California. And, and I have been in many places and since, see, and, 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 and I remember that Chester used to organize for me a kind of tours that for two months, going to one university to another university, another university. <laughs> it was okay. totally crazy. Of course, uh, I hope that in, in maybe in December I, I will be able to finish because at first I need to make the Spanish version or the English version. I hope that it will be finished in January or February, the English version, because I need to make uh, the translation and subtitles. But I really need, because as I said, they open a school not only here in Havana, and I live in Havana, in the capital of Cuba. I need to, to travel to another provinces to do a little more research and shooting. And that's the limit that I, that I still have. Okay. When the situation with the pandemic, with the COVID finished, I, I will be able to move to the, the places. So um, you know that we have limitations for, uh, in movement, actually. Even if I, w I have the resources now, I cannot travel to the provinces, not yet. 
but as soon as as the the possibility and the, this terrible situation is, uh, get much better, uh, mm-hmm. if I have the resources, I could go to another places to do more. Some some more shootings or some interviews that I need to do, even here in Havana. Do you want ah, to? And also, uh, and also, and also, I am waiting. I am waiting for some materials that I need from the United States because um, around this history, there are some black angels, beautiful black angels that I need to include as part of the images in the film. And here in Cuba, it's impossible to find black angels. So uh, this is something that I need from the United States, beautiful black angels. What material? Because they will be, um, uh, you know that Araceli can give you the communication of Fanta, a group of friends that they were able to make a couple, beautiful black angels. Why don't we have black angels? Why no? So they will be part of the project. And, And I will let you know through the film, the participation of these images of black angels in the film. Can you send me pictures? Because also, it's not, even if it's a a documentary, conventional um, elements like interviews and photos, the most important is how, how you will be able to talk about this history. We African people, we have our way to present our history. And uh, one of the voices that I want to include is the, is the, the voices, the black voices and the voices, the voices of the black English. Okay, all right. Now, do you have any pictures of your black angels? or anything that you want to share with me that I can put on my social media? Okay, good good question, good question. Araceli is in contact with Fanta, and they are the people who made the two, a couple, a couple one girl and one boy of Black Angels. So you could get those photos from Fanta, and Araceli is in contact with her. Because okay, it's okay. angels, black angels, that conventional, but some of them could get some African African stuff or African clothes with African fabrics because they will be like the messengers. Messengers, messengers, oh my right. English. Messengers. Yeah, messengers, right. Messengers of this history. And it was personal conversation with my grandmother Mm-hmm. It touched, it moved the the heart of many other black families because all of us, we have a lot of silence, a lot of discrimination, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of work, and also many, many silence, many things that we don't talk because the past was very hard and it was much better not to talk about this. So... This generation has the commitment, especially the young generation, to sit down and talk with the, our elders and get all this kind of uh, history. 
this is our big treasure. Okay. Now, I, I had read somewhere that there are signs dedicated to Martin Luther King, and there's some uh, Baptist, some Baptist churches, um, maybe not in Havana, but in Cuba in general. Are there anything? See, we have we we have we we have these kind of churches. Okay. I don't go to these churches, but we have churches dedicated okay. to Mar- Martin Luther King. Yes, Saint Martin Luther King Center. Yeah, wow. a monument. Yes, a monument. Uh, okay. Not only to him, uh, and also to to Malcolm X. For example, here the Institute of Book they publish. Uh, the, what was it was one of the first books that was published at the beginning of the revolution was the autobiography of uh, Malcolm X a long time ago. Even today, it's very difficult to find it because it was a book that whew, disappeared, disappeared because many people they want to read it. And also, they they showed here in the Cuban TV and even in the cinema. Son of the black film, yes. Right. Recently, in the Cuban TV, in the Cuban TV, they show Harriet. Harriet Tubman. <laughs> and what about the food? You know, if we were to come to Cuba, Havana, where would we go to eat? What would you recommend? Well, we have different places. <laughs> we have different places where you can get the Africa. Uh, I cannot say it's a Cuban food. You know, the Cuban food is basically pork, um, black beans. People, they love black beans here. Uh, we have different places. In my community, because I live in a very popular community that the name is Colón. We uh, have here a small restaurant, very popular, but very tasty, the food. And look at the name, Ashe Ashe. Very small. If we have the whole delegation, uh, no, 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 no room for so many, for 20 people. It's a small, but it's, 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 a, it's a place for the community. And the name is Ashe Ashe, and the owners are black. And we try to promote them also and visit them and support them. But there are many places. Some places more fancy, some places. We have also Chinatown. I was born and grew up in the Chinese neighborhood that is very close where I am living now. We used to have a large, a large, a large migration from China. But um, they died. Um, some of them they migrate at the beginning of the revolution, and and we still have some evidence in the architecture, in the Tai Chi, and some descendants, and they have the societies. But the migrate that migration finished a long time ago. And Chinese Chinese, I think that we have descendants. Few of them they are original. They died. Mm-hmm. Wow, well, this is uh, a fact. But very interesting, very interesting Chinese and blacks because they were in the same uh, in the same uh, position in the society. There were a lot of Chinese and they married, and they have few women. So 
so they marry with black women. So in the past, when I was a child, it was common to see a Chino mulatto children. It was very common. I never. Heard yes, of because they married because they didn't they didn't they didn't have many black they didn't have many Chinese women first, and they were poor. The majority of them they were poor, and the neighborhood never was totally totally for Chinese. It was Cuban. It was people from different places and and black. So they mix. They mix. Okay. Okay. So um, this your community is extremely diverse. What kind of industry? What did they do for a living? Did they, um, you know, before the revolution, we have some black society. We have some professional, but it's true that with the uh, appearance of the revolution in 1959, the education was spread, uh, and much more people had access. So it's normal to see in uh, black lawyers, black uh, doctors. Uh, we are teachers, uh, different, uh, different, different jobs in different, different levels, in different levels. Uh, I think that we still need to do more. Mm-hmm. Not me, the, the society, the government, they need to do more for the development of this community. But Gloria, you are awesome. Uh, I hope to meet you when you come back to the States or if I make it to Cuba after this corona is over. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing your film, and we want to have you back on. Do you think that can happen? And don't, don't, but the most important, please, don't forget me. Don't forget this history. Don't forget the people who are working with me. And let me tell you something. If I was able to survive uh, in, uh, with more courage and, uh, and desire to live, it's because of this project. Because I have uh, so much work here at home, checking and, and make classification of the interviews. And, and uh, you know, that this project helped me to survive all these months of that I have been alone here at home, that I need to stay here. So it, it, it was like a miracle to have this project in, in my hand and all these images because it helped me a lot, a lot. Well, I'm glad that you have this project. It sounds like it's going to bless all of us. The Oblek sisters have to be smiling down, looking down at you, and you are one of their angels. <laughs> So, again, thank you. You keep on doing the great work that you're doing, and we will be talking to you um, again right when you're ready to release it. Okay. Okay. And get in touch, please, with Araceli, because they can give you the information of uh, Santa uh, and also the the people in Oakland that they were able to make the the black angels and also uh, how to help me to continue my work. I hope to, and I hope to to see all my African American people very soon. I know that some of them they are ready to come to Cuba to, as soon as they open. We were able to receive you. Right. So, right. Okay. Yes. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you, all our our ancestors that maintain us 
in good health and continue the struggle. See. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.